2: We are still in the town of Deepwell, and it's time to embark on another adventure called You Never Miss the Water. What's wrong with the old well? Let us start again. Moving through the crowd, gathered around Deepwell's main source of potable water, a venerable granite block and oak post structure, effectively known as the old well. You discover the rope used to draw up the massive bucket from the depths of the reliable waterhole is stuck. Leaning up against one of the four posts that support the well's broad roof, his face streaked with sweat, is is Ghanouac. Head of a team of stone haulers based in Deepwell, the brawny young man, his head, his drawn expression betraying, betraying his fatigue looks up at you and shakes his head. Now, what are stone haulers? This term stone hauler refers generically to anyone directly associated with the displacement of quarried stone from the quarries located in the Stone Hills region of Northwest Tysa. Members of this demanding and potentially lucrative profession have long held reputation for being fiercely competitive with other stone haulers it is not uncommon for rivalries between different teams of stone haulers to periodically devolve into violence as the various factions endeavour to improve both their their standing both their standings by winning themselves of viable competitors Several of the more most prominent teams of stone haulers are based in and around the town of Deepwell. No use, he gasps. That woke stuck fast. It's caught on something, no doubt. I can't budge it. Let's let this one have a try, barks an old man standing at the edge of the crowd, motioning either his cane. She looks more, she looks more, more the type for this sort of works. Stick with dragging these stones, lad. The white-haired man's playful tone isn't lost on Garrick. He smirks, bowing deeply to you while waving his white hand in the direction of the taut rope that stretches straight down into the dark of the well. We didn't fear, says Jarrett, grinning. Our Saviour has a, has just arrived. A bucket bucket full of cold, refreshing water. It's just a toggle to away. Yes. Yeah, now, considering how how small Sir Cokinton is, this is all gonna be this all sounds very sarcastic. But I'm gonna try anyway. Garrick smiles as you move up. As you move up to the edge of the well and initiates a shoulder cross, yes, yes, like bunk, then hop, <laughs> something like that. He glances at the he glances the rope, looks back to you and shrugs. now. No, give to it, he says. You're welcome to have a go, or maybe the two of us should have at it. The stone hauler motions to a well, hoist crank affixed to the iron bu- bucket spanning the space between the two. Two woof support columns. So, attempt to turn the crank alone. Attempt to turn the hoist crank with Ganewek. Politely decline to make any attempt. Or let's just peer down the well first. It might be something really obvious why it's stuck. Which we could quickly fix by, I don't know, throwing rocks at it or something. Peer down into the well. Leaning over the edge, you peer down into the well, your eyes following the t- stout, taut length of rope as it swiftly vanishes into darkness. Pick now. Failure. After appearing into the darkness for several moments, you step back from the well. You're quite right not to want to go at it, says Garrick, puffing up his broad chest. If I can't budge that thing, what chance is anyone else? Well, I want to see what happens if you succeed. So, let's quit without saving. We're Sir Groogington. And we're still in deep well, because I remembered to save. (laughs) Okay. What's wrong with the well? Doopy doopy doopy. Here comes the water. Peer down into the well. Same check again that we just failed. Pick now. 76, success. You suddenly spot something moving in the darkness below. Before you can focus on whatever it is. What you thought you saw vanishes into the gloom. Okay, okay. Hmm. Okay, this I think this is a bit more ominous than just... uh, Something that got stuck on... A sticky-out rock or something. Or maybe a branch fell in. <laughs> I, I don't know. <laughs> something a bit more ominous. Suddenly, a long, ghastly wail soars out of the well. The piercing cries akin to that of some dying beast as the crowd of onlookers retreats in alarm. A large, grey shape Hurdles out of the mouth of the well. Smashing through the woof and covering the water. Through the roof, covering the water hole. Oh no. Oh no, they're going to break the well. Ganwreck, his eyes wide. Stumbles back as the grey shape streaks down out of sight. Alighting down. Down out of the sky. Alighting on the ground only a few yards from where you stand. The hulking, grey-skinned creature, its angular jaws jammed with an immense set of jagged white fangs, folds a broad set of folds a broad set of leathery wings, and flexes its muscular, hairy arms. Long, curved black claws extend from the tips of its thick fingers. Hmm, I'm guessing. At the bottom of the well, there was a cave or some, something that it could actually fit in. Because I don't think it would be able to, like, sneak under the well roof. Ah, hmm. A grim rumble escapes from behind the terrifying beast's clenched feet, teeth. By the old father, cries the old. Or stone hauler as he starts to back away. The nightmarish creature, its jet black eyes mirroring the blue sky, moves towards Ganywek. Its long, spiked tail scraping along the stony ground. All right, I've got quite a few options here. I could remain where I am. No, nope, nope, not doing that. Not doing that. I could rush to Garrick's defence. Or oh, I could do that in a more interesting way. I could use elementalism, telekinesis, or just shoot it with a bow. I'll use telekinesis. It succeeded. 4x to telekinesis. You channel your power of telekinesis and project a powerful, invisible blast of energy with the nightmarish creature advancing on Ganiwek. <sighs> A wall of force slams into the beast's chest, sending it toppling backward and eliciting a painful shriek from the winged terror. With startling swiftness, the creature returns to its feet and bounds towards you. Its chorus of blood-chilling cries assailing your ears with an enraged shriek that carries high into the air above Deepwell. The grey-skinned beast lunges at you. Its fanged jaws stretched wide. This is apparently a gloom skulker. It's already wounded. Now, there's more info on those. Let's read it. Gloom skulker. A malevolent abomination from the deep recesses of the neveless. Gloom skulker's are lesser demons that seek out desolate, remote places where they lie in wait for an unsuspecting victim. These grey-skinned humanoid creatures almost always have a pair of thick, leathery wings and a leathery spiked tail, which they can effectively employ as a weapon. Though speechless in any normal sense, Gloomstalkers are known to emit all manner of shrieks and snarls when attacking their prey. The mouths of these demons, nearly four times the size of a human mouth, are filled with long, jagged fangs, and their fingers are tipped with curved, black, stone-hard claws. Gloomstalkers will often lurk unseen in a place for a lengthy period of time, before making a move against its chosen victims. These vile creatures can only be damaged by magic or magical weapons. It's believed that killing a gloom-skulker can cause the demon's disembodied spirit to linger for a time over the area in which it was slain, adversely affecting ANY Living soul in the immediate vicinity. Oh, I have to pay heed to that last part. But first, we've got to bring it down. Murder is the killing is the only option. Why now? The wing demon savagely claws at you. Okay, keep going, keep going. Oh, oh. A sudden surge of energy overtakes you and you lay an impossibly swift blow upon your enemy That does 6 damage. That's the special of all the shimmering silver weapons. Your enemy smashes through your defences with a devastating blow for 21 damage and then 28 damage. And they are slain. 6 X B, The Winged Skulker. A minor demon hailing from the dark recesses of a forgotten Neville realm whimpers pitifully as it collapses at your feet, drawing a last gasping breath before expiring. As you step back from the creature's bloody remains, its wound widdled carcass undergoes a hideous transformation. The beast's skin begins to ripple before suddenly swivelling and peeling away in large, sweet sheets to reveal blackened and boneless mound of festering ooze into which burrow countless squirming white worms. Hello, worms. Slowly, the repugnant mass melts into the ground. Bye-bye, worms. Leaving behind only a thick, slick, oily stain. The sound of a large number of approaching footfalls draws your attention away from the disturbing sight. You look up to find yourself confronted by a sinister scene. The citizens of Deepwell, who fled for their lives at the sight of the winged beast, are now making their way towards you in tight group formation, many of them brandishing weapons. Well, formations! Don't see those very often. The four of the group, his large hands cl- tightly clutching the haft of a gar- gnarled oaken cudgel clutch- and a proper weapon too, strives Ganiwek. His fierce gaze frozen on you. This demon caller will no longer plague us, cries Ganiwek, his eyes widening his tone wise is in pitch. Take from her what she would have robbed from us Wait a if I if I called this demon, why did I kill it? Did I just kill it call a demon so to impress you? Okay, okay, I might do that. The mob following his heat, numbering nearly twenty, murmurs it assent. He immediately discerns something sinister, an unseen is at work here, cruelly playing upon the minds of those who witnessed the gloom skulker. Realising the grave danger of the situation, you hurriedly attempt to assuage the, encro- assuage the, the encroaching throng. Okay, well maybe, maybe they're actually, maybe this is more devious than that, they're actually not being aggressive at all. But I'm just having my mind warped, so I think they're being aggressive. And I think they're coming towards me, but actually they're just they're just they're coming forward saying, Ah, thank you, thank you for dealing with the monster. But I'm seeing an angry mob instead. Hmm, that would be devious too. Maybe that is what's happening. Cause I mean it'd be a lot it's probably requires less magic to just Triddle the perception of one person a bit then to then to overwide the will of twenty people. Hmm. Although admittedly those are lower level people, so anyway, here's the check. Picking a number. Bonus of sixty-six. Twenty from mind, twenty from spirit, ten from aura, sixteen from diplomacy. Got to get a hundred or more to even hold them back a bit. Pick now. 119. Success in a bold and stirring address. Aimed at snapping the minds. Aimed at snapping members of the mob out of whatever fog clouds their mind. You impress upon them your role in defeating the hideous creature that emerged from the well. As you complete your pitch... Greenwreck suddenly holds up his white right hand, signalling for those behind him to stop. The angry throng draws to a halt, and its members stare wide-eyed at one another, seemingly confused about what it is they're doing. One by one, the citizens of Deepwell lower their weapons and make their way over to the oily spot that marks the place with the remains of the gloom skulker melted into the earth. In, in a direct aftermath of the horrific event at the old well, which saw the appearance of a gloom a pall of gloom seems to descend upon Deepwell. You'll t- remain in town for the next small while, doing what you can to reassure its we- residents that the dangers they face was likely an isolated incident, which is now over. During your stay... You are peacefully thanked by a populace that seems profoundly grateful for your timely appearance and invaluable assistance. As you prepare to depart, you are approached by Ganwek. The stone hauler seems strangely sullen and quick to admit that he wishes you weren't leaving. You won't hear much talk around it, but much talk of it not about here, he you. But this may not be the first time one of those things has been about these parts. Ulysses intently as Garrick describes to you an incident that occurred a couple of years back at the smaller quarries northwest of Deepwell, in which two members of another crew of horrors were mysteriously slain. No one talks about it, though plenty of folk know of it. He says the two men that were killed. They were torn apart. There wasn't much left of them. Several who were... Several who were there the day we found the bodies stores or something in the shafts. They were, uh, I was with them when I saw it. I can't say for certain it was like the one that came out the old well. But I can't say it wasn't. We only saw it for a moment. Then it was gone. I don't know that I'll ever have a peaceful night's west again. With Granak's disconcerting account playing on your mind, you attempt to assuage his fears by reminding him that the creature you slew at the old work was quite likely the, state, the same that killed the two stone haulers. Words seem to ease his anxiety. You're, you're right, of course, he says. Though I still wish he didn't have to leave. This is a lonely sort of place, where strange things seem to happen. Having someone like you around will probably make folk feel more at ease. At least promise to pay us a visit now and then. The the promising to stop by whenever you find yourself in the area, Ganawak meets you on the shoulder cross and wishes you well on your journeys. As he departs, bound for the Little Dragon Tavern, where he and his crew sit, will sit into the evening, plotting tomorrow's haul from the nearby quarry. You sense that his mind remains troubled, as it would. Passing out of deep row, he paused to gaze at the old well. A new bucket and rope, suspended from a new pulley, affixed to the wooden arm, anchored to the underside of a new roof, dangles from the water at well. The well is back in working order, though you somehow doubt that fetching water in deep well will ever again be the same. And that ends this adventure. For five hundred and twelve experience to general, and sixty-four experience to all skills and powers. Fairly decent, I guess. Now time to rest, and save, which of course means I'm not going to see what happens if you do the other options. Oh, well. I have one last thing to do. The last time there was this troll under a bridge. Let's deal with this now. We're going to Curthaw No, wait. No, no, not, not that. Not not Wise. Hershaw Bridge. Curthaw will be later. Probably quite a bit later. Imposing stone structure that is Herschel Bridge stands over a wide gully that was once a mighty wither. Okay, Herschel Bridge. Let's read some up. Oh, Alright, doesn't seem to be. Hmm. Okay, this seems to be one of those things that doesn't turn up. Let's just check. Scroll down. Oh, oh it's, just, it's just labelled incorrectly. This ancient crumbly, crumbling and collapsed bridge in the Stone Hills area of northwest Tulsa was named after the legendary hero Herzl, who supposedly fended off an entire army of trolls on that bridge, armed only with his oaken club. The bridge, bridge once spanned a mighty river that has long since dried up. All right, okay, that's what happens. I guess it's appropriate that a troll should go there again. Much of the centre of the bridge has collapsed, and you surmise the structure might not be entirely stable. Seated on on a grassy slope, not far from the edge of the gully, is a white-bearded man attired in chain armour. A broad axe rests across the man's laps, lap, and his eyes are fixed on a dark opening, the base of the collapsed portion of the bridge. Oh, let's just say hi, approached the man. The man is startled by a sudden appearance, and leaps to his feet, brandishing his broad axe. Upon cons- discerning you him no, no harm, he relaxes his guard, and and, and initiates his shoulder. Well, he tries. We figure it out. It's a bit awkward at first, but we figure it out. You learn that his name is Orlandoff, and he is a Felienese knight who has trailed a savage band of cave trolls from his home kingdom into Tysa. He tells you the trolls were responsible for wiping out an entire village on the border of his nation. I've no right to presume into Tysuri he confides and and yet so thirsty was I for justice. I'd sooner wash in some gale than let these wicked creatures go unpunished. He's quite impressed to learn. There were eight trolls in all, and Ondorov has slain all but one. The leaders Leader's gotten down onto the bridge, he says, frowning. I'm no spry young man any more, and I I can still swing a chopper with the best of them. Crawling around under something like that. It's not something I'm eager to do. He'll come out when he gets good and hungry.
0: So, you have one unheard message. Hi, I was calling Current, the influencer marketing platform, but I think I just got redirected to a bunch of people listening to a podcast.
1: I've
2: got three options. Attack him. Nope, 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 nope. Wish him luck and continue on your way. Uh, Well, that doesn't really seem to fix anything. Or offer to... Offer to go down and drive the troll out from under the bridge. Well, yeah, kind of has to be that one, doesn't it? Because that's the only one that's actually helping. Olidoff becomes excited at the proposition and quickly agrees to it. He tells you that if you can approach from the other side side and drive the troll into the mist of the gully he will be lying in wait to ambush the beast when it emerges he wishes you luck and you wish him the same as you make your way down the ravine to the base of the crumbling and partially collapsed bridge standing before the dark opening that Aldrith pointed out you attempt to determine your next course of action so I've got quite a few options I could use Destruction, but it's not quite high enough level anymore. So, I'm left with Telekinesis, Illusion, Archery, or Feathery. Or I could just crawl into the opening in search of the troll. That's probably not the safest option. Because trolls are really good at being under bridges, apparently. So, hmm, what to do? What what, what will Feathery do? Let's give that a shot. I haven't used that very often. Sixteen X to of Feathery. It was, of course, successful. You steal into the shadows of the small opening, slithering forward on your belly, barely making a sound Admittedly, that's easier for Sir Cokin because the belly isn't normally that far from the ground anyway. Several yards inside the makeshift tunnel, you come upon a sizeable pocket of space, in the centre of which spins, sits the massive cave troll. His back, back, luckily turned to you. Your attack is swift and devastating.
0: Shink!
2: The, the savage blow you've laid upon the troll from behind startles and enrages the creature. With blood pouring from the nasty gash you've opened, the beast turns to face you. It attacks. Okay, so wounded cave troll. All right. I, I wasn't. I was supposed to drive it out, not fight it myself. Oh well, I'll settle for that. The cave troll stripes it, through, strikes it, swipes you with his deadly claws, and is now slain. Just two blows. One in one eye, one in the other, and then
1: squeeze
2: it through. Push right into the brain and twist. 4XP, you step back from the carcass of the troll and catch your breath. When you've sufficiently recovered your strength, you set about the grim and grueling task of lopping off the creature's head. Yeah, daggers not that good at sawing and the slashing. Ah, Probably just summon a big... A big strong elemental to do it instead. And then thank my elemental. Always thank your elementals. Then, with the hideous trophy in tow, you make your way out of out from under the bridge to present the evidence of the beast-demised Andra. And that's 64 XP to general for that. Ondra thanks you for your help and tells you he will now return to Fledon where he hopes he can maintain the secrecy of his mission to Tysa. I'm not getting any younger, he tells you, as you part. We may likely never cross paths again, but I know I shall forever remember and admire your selfless courage, Sir Quakington. May the world be ever kind to you. You bid him farewell and prepare to set off on your way. All right, and that... And that is that. that. That is all the quests in Deep World done. All we've got to do is look at this massive claw-shaped standing stone. Well, we've got a few minutes left. Let's do that. You step up to the claw-shaped standing stone and discover the massive piece of rock is actually protruding out of the ground. The stone's near-perfect curves and smooth surfaces make it difficult to believe it is an entirely natural construct. From all, a- from all angles, the stone looks like the talon of some gargantuan beast poking up through the earth. Engraved near the base of the stone, just inches above the ground, is a curious symbol. Let's look at the talon. You curiously note that the tapered tip of the massive frost shaped standing stone is covered with a sparkling sheen of frost the curious symbol the symbol engraved near the base of the standing stone is that of a claw enclosed in a triangle you easily recognize the marking to the scar of Arkandar. well let's let's read about that now we'll probably read about it again later but well we got it we got a we're only about half an hour in, so let's just fill, fill a few minutes. Arkandar, the Fabled North, behold, adventurer, the powerless wonder that is Arkandar. Arkandar is the name given to the vast, frozen reaches of far northern Swith, a region more commonly referred to as the Fabled North. Arkandar, a word of ancient Ardavian origin, roughly translates to realm of ice and death. The scar of Arkandar, a claw shaped symbol enclosed in a triangle, is found all over the fabled north, etched or emblazoned onto various surfaces or objects. Its meaning remains unknown. Legends tell of Mordragon, a vast kingdom lost beneath the ice long ago, a kingdom said to have been more grand than any that currently exist in the known world. Ooh, that's be pretty grand then. I mean, twice grand. It's very grand. Countless adventurers have braved the fabled north throughout the ages, but apart from a few scattered clues and a handful of old relics. little evidence exists to support the tenets of the kingdom's existence well well I guess most of it's buried buried deep rhymehaft an ancient walled city on the southern coast of arkandar serves as the region's lone seaport and only true bastion of civilization Arkandar is not governed in any traditional sense, and indeed knows no central source of authority. Though a confederation of loosely aligned merchants, known as the Wyrm Council, oversees law, order, and commerce in and around Wyrmhaft, the small, permanent populace of Arkandar is largely made of an equal mix of Tysians, Phelidonese, and Wyzorians. Who have chosen to dwell and seek out existence in the inhospitable fabled north for a variety of reasons. Arkandar's two chief exported commodities are jerkin oil and small quantities of raven bone that are mined from several mines still in operation around Wimehaft. In particular, the commerce involved. With trading and shipping Durquin oil makes for a constant day and night bustle in Wyomhaft's vat-wide, fathomless harbour. Beyond the gates of Wyomhaft, Arkandor is a bleak, desolate, forbidding realm, populated by strange and dangerous creatures, seemingly immune to the region's deadly cold and countless natural perils. A few scattered permanent settlements are known to exist beyond the ra- bounds of Wimehaft as either outposts for jerkin hunters or in support of an operational ravenbone mine. Fa- adventurers who have explored far and wide across the fabled wharf, north and live to tell, have reported many curious things, including encounters with strange and deadly beasts. The existence of a race of three-eyed humans, seemingly unaffected by the frigid clime, and crumbling ice-covered ruins. Passage to and from Arkandar by ship is frequently a perilous endeavour, as vessels must first brave the wide, storm-ravaged waters of the Sundered Sea. A daunting prospect for even the most experienced mariners. Most ships making the journey do it as part of small fleets known as packs in an effort to dissuade attacks from brigands, those feared pilot pirate hawks roam the waters around the lawless island state of caste. Some ships, however, those captains and crews have ties, commercial or otherwise to cast will overstock on the trek to or from Arkendor to illegally trade goods, restock supplies, also make repairs. It should be noted that ships sailing from ports anywhere in the North Portlands are forbidden by various decrees from travelling to Cast or participating in trade with the outlaw island nation. However, no such law forbids Ships leaving Rhymehaft from harboring in case. Star ah, loophole, going to love a loophole. Now, there was a lot of links that went off that. We shall start with Mordragon. Mordragon is the fabled lost kingdom said to lie in ruin, somewhere beneath the frozen wastes of Arkandar. According to legend, Mordrigan was a sprawling, walled city, at the centre of which stood five soaring towers, their stone faces inlaid, inlaid with <gasps>
1: And
2: Wow, they must have been loaded if they could use ravenbone for decoration. And a lot of it, adventurous. Exploring exploring the surface of Arkandar, I've discovered ancient ruins in various places, which some believe may be collected to the lost kingdom of Mordragon. Tales, proprietor of the famous trading post that bears his name, claims to own several artifacts long ago taken from the moons of Mordragon, though he's reluctant to reveal them. Wide, wild speculation about the existence of a witch network of wave and bone mines within Mordragon has long fueled the dangerous and ultimately fruitless search for the lost city. Alright, let's go back. That's Mordragon. Now let's learn about Wymehaft. Wymehaft, Arkandar's only seaport, largest settlement, and de facto capital. The city of Wyrmhave stands on the southern shore of Fabled North several hundred miles due north of the outlaw island nation of Cast. The ancient walled city is a lone bastion of civilization in the icy, inhospitable wastes of the Fabled North. Wyrmhave's deep harbor bustling day and night due to the increased demand for its chief export, Jerquin Oil is commonly host to dozens of ships from all nations from nations all across the North Broadlands. The Wine Council, a loosely aligned confederation of merchants, oversees law, order, and commerce in and around the port city. All right, yep, now failing these. Okay, that, I'm not going to do those. What is Jerquin Oil then? Jerquin. These large, frost-scaled serpents roam, roam the frozen wastes of Arkandar in search of prey, which is then incapacitated with their deadly venom before being properly devoured, Jerkin a rich in a thick, dark oil that helps to protect them from the deadly cold. This oil, which has uses ranging from lamp, Lamp fuel to lubrication has become uh, we are highly sought after over the past several centuries and remains the chief commodity exported from the icy worm of Arkandar. Jukrin hunting is a lucrative but extremely perilous endeavour that has attracted many adventurers to the fabled north and claimed the lives of a good number of them. Nearly all... Nearly all of the Jerquin slain by hunters end up in whitehaft, where their remains are dress, dressed and their flesh boiled to extract its precious oil. All right. So. so, an incredibly valuable oil extracted from gigantic and deadly creatures. Yes, we've had that before in this our world. Admittedly, our creatures were a bit bigger. <laughs> but these might be more deadlies. So, swings and roundabouts. Swings and roundabouts.
0: Hmm.
2: Alright, now, what is Wavenbone? Which we're going to be hearing a lot more about. The extremely rare and valuable minion known as Ravenbone is believed to possess many mystical qualities. Thus the tightly, highly prized jet black and very dense substance has long been sought by those wishing to employ it in many different capacities. But suggested by some that Wavenbone was used in ages past by great warriors who would drink a mixture made from the mineral that would grant them near invincibility in combat It's believed that no true deposit of raven bone has been discovered in the last few centuries. Indeed very little of the precious and arcane mineral is to be found anywhere across the realms, apart from apparently the fabled North Which has a lot of it. You think that that kinda happens when you Keep developing the, your law. Sometimes new things turn up that make the old stuff not really fit as much. But don't worry. It's probably still rare. where still rare. Still rare. Hmm. Okay, Wavering, Durkwin Hunters. At the City of Cash. Let's hear about that. Khaist, the lawless isle. Once part of the kingdom of Koth, Khaist became a notorious haven for pirates and brigands. A brutal revolt, led by the bold pirate Sick Will, drove the last-met remnants of Kothian presence from the shores. The island has been a home for lawlessness and disorder ever since. Khaist is said to be home... To the infamous market of horns, which has long been rumoured that the less than scrupulous buy and
0: sell slaves
2: and other forbidden commodities, Case is now regarded as a lawless state by all kingdoms in the North Bortlands. As such, trade with the island state is strictly forbidden. Many of Swift's most notorious outlaws have sought refuge on the lawless island. There have been no recent attempts by a major North Portlands nation to take back the island from its Quinamore keepers. There are few sea captains, if any, who are willing to whisk a voyage there. I guess it kind of ha- it performs a function... By keeping the crime over there, it's not over here. That probably doesn't make a lick of sense. But I'm sure with a healthy bribe, it certainly makes more sense. Okay, what is this market of horns? Long thought by many Wainlanders to Northern Swift... To be one of the many legends surrounding the island of Cast, tales told in recent years by a few bold travellers seem to suggest the market of horns does indeed exist. Supposedly, the market is open randomly and for only a short duration. You would guess his name because it was found as a place for poachers to sell their illegally obtained horn tail horns, by all accounts. The market is a grim affair, presided over by brigands and cutthroats that run most of the illicit traffic to and from the island. This rumoured the market is a haven for sales containing private pirate beauty and other stolen goods. There have been rumours of prominent Scythian majors travelling to the market in secrecy, To obtain illegal, hard-to-find pieces of magical equipment. Perhaps the most disturbing of all the nefarious business conducted at the market of horns is the trade involving humans. Of all the stories surrounding the market, the ones concerning the buying and selling of slaves are the most chilling, well... Perhaps, at some point in the future, probably quite distant future, we might just have to deal, do something about that. That would definitely be an adventure and a half. Okay, what's the Kingdom of Koth? Almost totally surrounded by rugged mountains, bordered on the north by the Sundering Sea, the Kingdom of Koth has seen both peace and prosperity. For several yet for many years. Over the last several centuries Koth has slowly removed itself from much of the affairs concerning the west of Swith and has strengthened its borders against what many Kothians regard as a generally lawless and corrupt state of the world. The ores of the mountains have made the kingdom of Koth tremendously wealthy and thus quite powerful. Though its current isolationist stance has lessened its influence influence in the affairs outside its own. Justice in Coth is swift and fair, though punishment is often harsh. Sentiments of death are doled out quite frequently when warranted. Cothiums learn from, from a young age that respect for Law and order are the cornerstones of living a good life. Kof's two main cities are Ilibad and Kithjum. Ilibad, the guardian city. Okay, actually, I, I've got I've got myself down a rabbit hole. Let's get out of there. I mean, if you just want to hear me we, reading, reading law book entries all day, well, I, well, I've got about I've got eleven episodes of those, and I'm. If you want to, I'm sure you can scroll down a lot and find them. They have the law book in their title. But anyway, that is enough for now. So, what, oh, what shall we do next? Well, there's an event in the battlegrounds going on. So, it would be convenient if I also... Did the adventures in the battlegrounds and it would have to move around as much between them. Okay, so there's there's Books and Bandits and the Bards Lament. There's also a grim proposal, but I don't really want to get into that because it splits into two and it becomes quite a thing. Alright. Battlegrounds encampment has still of the night. Maybe we can do that. I'll check first. Let's see. Anything else? Battlegrounds, Battlegrounds, Battlegrounds. Oh, then, of course, there's the actual battles of the Battlegrounds. Probably should give them a go. Yeah, okay. Okay, so, yep, next episode, we'll be going to the battlegrounds but until then farewell fellow adventurers
1: support for this podcast and the following message come from Coriant